Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On today's show, we are sans collard, meaning that we are only two men deep. That sounds weird. We laugh at Arsenal a lot. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of A Pod of Two Halves. I am your host Michael, as ever, here on the show. I am here with Tom Woods via Skype. How are you doing, man? Yeah, pretty good, buddy. Um... Uh yeah, it's been a hectic day, to be honest, mate. Uh, I don't want to go into too much depth, but my start of my week has been fucking shambolic um, and ludicrous in equal amounts. Uh, but hopefully it improves on to Thursday because it is my birthday. Yay! How old will you be, Mr. Woods? Too old. Mate, Too old. genuinely, this is the one. I don't know why this is the one, but this is the one where I've literally gone, how old? Um I mean, most people should be able to guess at this point the fact that we're such 90s fanboys lusting yeah. over Euro 96. I am 34 years old wow. on Thursday, mate. How wow. the fuck did that happen? I don't know, mate. I don't know. Because um, you've lived on the planet nearly 34 years, I'm going to wager. That's a, it's a good <laughs> wager. Uh, hmm. um, you may have noticed that we are without the dulcet tones of Mr. Lee Collar today. Um, that is simply because he decided to travel abroad. He's travelled abroad, he's gone... So what he's found out recently, that he's actually got some Slovenian heritage. And um, he's travelled to Slovenia to find his, 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 his birthright, basically. Apparently there's a sunken treasure chest hidden in the mountains of Slovenia. Lee's going for it. So I say good luck to him. Good luck, Lee. Good luck, Lee. Good luck on your quest. Godspeed. Your Slovenian treasure, it will be yours. You deserve it. What a man. And the, the thing for Lee... Um, and we're going to get this out of the way early. Um, bit of a bounce back for Everton this week. Well, this is it. This is it. So I, I, um, I didn't see any of the games on Saturday until after Saturday. 
and um, obviously Everton was the game on um, you know, Saturday lunchtime. And so I got home on a Sunday and I said to Lee, how's it going? And he went and he exploded in a, in a joy, a joy of, uh, of Everton positivity. He was like, wow, we played well. We, we, we attacked, we defended, we did everything. You know, we looked, we were fast on the ball. Andre Gomez was back. So there's no Schneidlin. Bernard scored. Did you see his goal? Glorious. I saw, I've seen Dude, the goal now. What a now, fun yeah. little goal that was. He seemed what to have wasted and spurned his opportunity, but managed to wiggle his way back in. I liked it, personally. I thought it was unnecessary, but, uh, but it, it came off for him. And it kind of does sum up Bernard in a nutshell, really. It's quite unnecessary, but every now and again, it can be effective. And that's why I love him. That's why I love him. But no, they played, um, they played pretty well, from what I could see. They, 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 they were all over... Who did they even play? It was West Ham, wasn't it? West Ham West didn't Ham even get... completely uh, no-showed, mate. Didn't no get a look in, no. essentially. I will say, um, I brought it up on the show a few times, but Declan Rice? Yeah, not good. Not a good outing for him. Um, he's going to look like shrewd business for Manchester United when they splurge 70 mil in January. Let's, let's stop peddling that narrative. <laughs> well, to be fair, like speaking of like United, Solskjaer signings, the one positive about Oli is that the three boys that he brought in in the... In the summer, have all landed on their feet. So, and heartily so as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So. I mean, um, one boy in particular is is continuing to impress me and, and and kind of dispel the narrative that he's a kick and run Walcott clone. That boy's wait, talented. Walcott, mate. Wait, wait. Walcott almost scored the goal of the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, clocks right. Let's stop clocks right twice a day. That's that's the saying, right? That's fair. Even a blind score finds a nut. Yeah, all those all things. these sort of things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, so yeah, I'm going to speak about Everton no more because they were good. We, we can save all of the positivity for when Lee comes back from his quest. By that point, they'd be shit again. Exactly, so it'll be fine. It will but be. But it, it, it is telling that they, they, they removed the midfield of Delph and Schneidlin. Yes. Put in a, plugged in a new midfield of, uh, of uh, Gomez and, and, Davies. and Davies. And all of a sudden they played with some tempo. Progressive. Surprising. Moving the ball forward. At a tempo. Surprising that. Mm. It is a surprising, strange tactic. I wonder what, I wonder how that will go. Uh, before we quick kick on proper, though, I should say my throat is absolutely killing me today. Okay? I've coughed up some things which were not nice. Uh, my mouth has a very weird taste now. I don't like it. I want to go to the doctor soon. But I'm gutting it out on this show for you fans so I can, uh, so I can provide you the content that you want, which is me dying slowly. Um, but we'll crack on to the first bit of the show. We're going to talk about Jurgen Klopp's impressive, impressive 17-match winning streak in the Premier League coming to an abrupt end at the hands of Manchester United on Sunday. You Delightful. sound quite jovial about this, my friend. Well, they, they were one short of equaling Manchester City's top-flight record and, 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 and we scuppered it. We're not quite the defeat I was after. Not quite the defeat I was after, but... They had literally not lost in the league for like 225 days or something mad like that. Since they played well, not, not, yeah. City at the Etihad, right? And that kind of, did it cross the line? Did it not cross the line? Well, obviously it didn't cross the line because we've got technology. That works. Um, oh, exactly. You know what? A lot of people are talking about how bad Liverpool were, but I think that Manchester United set up tactically by the astute Ole Gunnar Solskjaer set up in such a way that they made Liverpool look bad. I, I, it can happen. Ole played a uh, wing backs, which basically completely mm-hmm. 
ruined the afternoons uh, of Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold, who spent most of the game pinging in um, crosses from 30 yards out on the inside right position, doing nothing. He got it tactically spot on. Uh, he was in their faces. Pereira. Credit to, to Pereira, who's been garbage this year, mate. He was in their faces, tackling, winning the ball back, progressing it. Um, it allows his best game for Man United, for sure. It has to be, right? Um, it has to be. They, they were excellent. They were excellent. And they, they did deserve the three points. Klopp can, can bemoan the fact that they were defensive all they want. What did he want United to come do? Just basically try playing attacking and like flamboyant football against a team like Liverpool, who obviously would then just feast on it. It's, well, this is the thing. So, so Klopp came out after the game and he was... Um, to say he was the bitterest man in the living room would be an understatement. The, 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 the mask slipped slightly and you got a peek into the underbelly of Klopp's, you know... It was a grimace, not a smile. It, yes, exactly. And, um, you know, he was very bitter about the fact that um, Man United didn't come to play, etc., etc. I think he was smarting about the fact that he got done. Which he did. He did. He got out of smite. He, he got done. Um, and as I, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've lamented Solskjaer's tactical nous on this show enough this year and last year, but he got it spot on. I think the only thing that stopped us from getting the points, all three points, was that in the second half, when when the players started to tire, we didn't really have any options. No. Um, and that 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 and that kind of, I think, and you know, it doesn't help that. Tuanzebi got injured in the warm-up. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't actually know why, he's got, why he was out either. No, no they no didn't really explain or expand on it, did they? No. Just that Rojo then basically comes in, plays like a mad bastard for 85 minutes. And I, Sometimes I love the guy because he's absolutely nuts. Sometimes I, I despise the guy because he's baffling. And, and, the t- and for their goal, terrible ball across the, across the box. Why Rojo is just meandering forward trying to rush down something that isn't there. I'll, I'll never know. Um, but no, I mean, I, I can't begrudge the one all. Um, you know, it's more than I thought we'd get, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. I'm annoyed. Yeah, just a bit, mate. I'm annoyed, actually, that we didn't get three points, so the way the game panned out. Yeah, and, and, I think, um, and on that point, I should say, um, Everton obviously won this weekend. Chelsea also just about beat Newcastle, um, having peppered their goal and not managed to break through. So we went into Sunday with the opportunity to finally, in week nine, have our uh, the three of us successful uh, for the first time this season. Now, obviously, uh, De Gea was a doubt, was in the team. Um, I kind of jokingly said, there is a chance here. And bloody hell, did they have a chance? And it's not even because of just David De Gea. I don't really remember Liverpool having uh, a high amount of opportunities. They They were so lethargic and out of ideas in the final third. This is another team that Man United have played this season that have looked dog shit when playing us. Yeah. Every game we're in, the opposition turns to shit. It helps that we're also shit. The game is poor. (laughs) But there was, was, I mean, uh, within the first five minutes, the tone kind of was set for that first half. Um, Liverpool couldn't settle on the ball. United just had players in their faces constantly, and actually showed a bit of control with the ball themselves. Yeah, um, they did. I thought it was. I thought Dan James throughout was, you know, he <laughs> question marks as you said were raised against him. They were because um, he's fifteen million quid from you know Swansea. It's not really the type of player we should be hanging our hat on. But I tell you what, I've got to give the kid all the credit in the world. He's um, come into this team 
a lot of responsibility on his shoulders. And I tell you what, he stood up. He really has stood up. That assist for the first goal. Magnificent. Um, now, before we get to the actual goal itself, is it a foul? No, absolutely fucking... You know what? The, we, we talk about hates quite a lot in this. One of my pet hates is these ticky-tack of fouls that are not fucking fouls. Origi has a disgusting, disgusting first touch and basically goes to ground because he knows he's lost possession of the ball. I, I don't think that's a foul. Um, and the whole idea that, oh, VAR should have a look at it. Bullshit. Absolutely Bullshit. Um, they looked at it again. They spoke about it on Monday Night Football. Carragher got into it, and the, the referee couldn't see it. And then he was kind of saying, "If the referee can't see the foul, then VAR should step in." And what overturn a foul like a, a non-foul it, it is ludicrous. And the fact that really irked me a bit. I'm not a United fan, right? I'm not a Liverpool fan. I'm a Chelsea fan. But what irked me, and credit to Jose because he shut this lot up. They were so busy in the studio at half-time talking about, is it a foul, is it not a foul, should VAR have done something? Josie went, um, how about we talk about what Dan James just did? And yeah. How about we talk about the fact that at full tilt, the kid's been able to put a ball like that in. And Rashford's movement, again, credit to Rashford, he had an exceptional outing. He's been um, poor, I would say, for Manchester United for I the bulk of I think he's been season. worse than poor, mate. He's, he's, and I think that um, Neville had touched on it. I think that he was right. I think that maybe he was burnt out. He just run into the ground, had no legs left. Uh, but he, his movement was smart. Obviously, it was it was good movement. He tapping, came in, but stopped. What come a out pass again. that is! Being able to do that when running at full pace, as quick as a kid like Dan James is, that, that's exceptional. And, and credit to Jose Mourinho for kind of like going enough of this nonsense about this non-foul that you seem to think should have been overturned. I mean, I don't know what you think as a United fan. Do you think it was a foul? Um, I think it's one of those ones where I think actually Neville said this in the studio at full time. He said, if it goes against you, you're quite annoyed. Yeah. You know, and that's absolutely, I mean, personally, look, I mean, in the current laws of the game, I have no idea what a foul is anymore. I really have no clue. In my own personal viewpoint of what football is, fuck off, is that a foul? He's, he's, you know, he's, he's flicked him essentially. It's not, you know what I mean? There's not enough contact there for him to go down. And for me, a foul, it's a contact sport. It's a big unit, mate. It's a contact sport. And if, you, if you're going to go down at every single knock and touch, it, it kind of takes away from the game, in my opinion. And, you know, I think if it had been given a foul, I mean, there's a lot of work that, got, that went into that goal other than we picked the ball up, Dan James. You know, the, the, from, from the foul, or the, you know, the tackle to the goal, there's a lot of things going on in there. There is. And you had to go over half the field to put the ball in the back of the net. It's not like there was a foul and then the ball went in the net. No, exactly. Um, I thought, go, going back to Rashford, though, I think um, I've been very, very critical of him this season. And, I, and, I would, and I'm going to back my own self here and say rightfully so. Yep. He's been rubbish. He has. Um, in this game, he looked more up for it. There were still times of baffling, just baffling frustration that came from, from him. But um, I think playing, and he, I mean, he came out after the game and said that um, there's no difference in how he played today than how he plays when he's, it's like, that, I question that because he was clearly playing in a different role against Liverpool because he had Daniel James basically alongside him. Yeah, it was a front two, wasn't were, it? Kind of, it, was, it was basically a split two. When he's the number nine on his own, and Jose said this you know, c- categorically at the end of the game, he is not that player he's and not. he will never get any better at doing that. It's, they're simply not his qualities. Um, if he focuses on being a wide striker, he can he can progress and he could be he could be a player that in time 
will reliably get you 15, 20 goals a season. I don't know why he's so adverse to playing that position because that's what it feels like. He feels like he's obsessed with being a nine, but he's no good with his back to goal. He's, always... he's also number 10, which is baffling as well because yeah. he's in a number 10. Because the, as you see him in the Premier League, especially when you kind of look at Sterling, Mane, Salah, right? And even Aubameyang quite a lot last year as well when Lacazette plays. These players are feasting from that that inside forward position. Not playing centrally, um, with having a Firmino or Lacazette type of player, a player that can facilitate. He can't facilitate. He hasn't got the intelligence. He hasn't got the touch. He hasn't got the passing ability. But he has got the ability to kind of... He's quick. He can finish the ball. um, And he's smart enough, I think, to also pick up good positions between full back and centre half. I think if United can get a good quality centre forward. And, you know, I even think that kind of one of Oli's biggest problems this year is the fact that he hasn't had Martial. You started really well this season when Martial was in the team. Now, I don't necessarily think that he's a uh, a facilitator in the Firmino sense, but I think that he also causes enough trouble yeah, and creates occupies. enough space, exactly, yeah. that Rashford can then benefit from that. Um, and, and he's obviously close to coming back, which is a massive plus for United going forward. Um and I think that I think even Ollie knows it's it's Martial nine, Rashford in that off uh, wide left position. He's even said as much. And yeah. I think that, like I say, if, if Rashford kind of dedicates himself to that, I think he could become an, a very very good asset for Manchester United long term. Um, I think it, the, the things that I think. Sorry to interrupt, but I think no, the, the two the things, the main thing for me, which kind of points and kind of backs up everything you're saying, is that he, you said he's a good finisher. I kind of agree and I don't. Yeah, yeah. I think he can hit the he can strike a ball cleanly, but I think his composure is quite bad. Yep. He's quite an instinctive player. Now, the thing is with me is that Sterling, that remind that you know, while Sterling couldn't strike a ball cleanly either and also had no composure. But Sterling went into a system where he had the work ethic to get from wide to the front to get those near post happens, to get those far post happens, to get the kind of goals that you need if you're going to be scoring 20 goals a season. Yeah. And for me, the thing, the thing that Rashford is missing, and this is the thing that I'm concerned about, and I don't know whether it's the fact that he's burnt out or not, he doesn't work off the ball. He will do, he, he doesn't, put it this way, he doesn't, to say that he doesn't work off the ball is maybe mean to him. He doesn't work off the ball enough. Yeah, no, I get me. what your point. Uh, yeah, I think that's a fair point. I don't really remember him offering much in a an offensive press uh, against a centre centre half or a fullback. It's not really something that he's regarded as doing. But even even when we have the ball, I don't see him stretching teams, staying wide. I don't see him running that fullback off the ball. I don't. I think because he's so direct and he wants the ball to his feet so he can run with the ball in a straight line against someone. I don't off and and there are times when you see him get put through. And it's kind of off the ball and his composure goes missing completely. Um, he had a chance, I think it was, well, it might be getting against Newcastle, where he was clean through and he had so much time, he didn't even get a shot away because he basically shit himself. Um, I don't think he's good with his off the ball running. And I think that's something he needs to improve. I think his work rate needs to improve if he's going to be an effective wide striker like a... Because he hasn't got the ability of Salah for, for me. Um, but if he has the work rate... He can he can be effective in there. Absolutely, like I think Sterling is a pretty good example for what it's worth. A player that not really regarded for his clean striking of a ball or his finishing at all. Um, who's no. obviously been able to um, focus 
himself and improve as a player. And I think if Rashford can show a similar uh, level of dedication to the role, again, it's, it'll be good for Manchester United and it'll be good for England as well to have that option in a wide position. Um, I guess on Liverpool, um, their goal, we quickly touched on it, um, disappointing, I'd say, for, for United to concede. I, I saw Very Paul kind of being critical of uh, Wan-Bissaka, but um, the, God, who was the, um, Naby Keita with the ball. Um, he, he was ultra smart there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he basically did what quarterbacks do, which is kind of looking off a safety, where you kind of hold a safety in position to try and free up space for the wide receiver. Um, and that's effectively what he managed to do there by delaying, looking inside, holding Wan-Bissaka in that inside right um, on the edge of the area and freeing up the ball. The ball, though, was no good. And it's just, oh, it, that is Rojo, isn't it? Eighty-five. Yeah. You said 85 minutes of tenacity, uh, dedication, defending, and then just five, well, just a moment of just uh, lapse in, in, in concentration. Um, he he was he got sucked so far from his position. Yeah, because he was he was the left hand sided centre half, yeah. and he was basically playing as the right hand sided. It was incredible it was, it was to see because he was in front of Maguire by the end of it. Yeah, um, yeah, it was annoying because um, I think United had done enough to win, um, and I mean Sunes. <laughs> bearing in mind Graham Sunes's words before the game was, if United win this, it would be the biggest shock in top level football since Wigan beat Manchester United, uh, Manchester City in the FA Cup final which was bloody ridiculous to say bearing in mind yeah, this is mad, Liverpool at Old Trafford uh, he would have looked a fool a proper fool I thought Carragher kind of was uh, much more on point about this he, 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 he did not sound like a, a Liverpool fan <clears throat> who was carrying the level of confidence that a lot of their fans were carrying into this game. I think mm. he was aware that there is a mental block with this team at Old Trafford. They've not shown the ability to win there. And it is a tough place to still go there. The atmosphere, is it can be intense on, on these sort of match days. And United were always going to rise to it. It was a perfect game, actually, for Manchester United because they went in as underdogs on their own turf against a big rival. They were always going to be able... All these t- uh, team talk before the game would have been the easiest team talk you'll ever give. Uh, Absolutely. And, and, now, and, and you know, because of all those things, we've now got um, the unbeaten home record against Liverpool is now six games. It's stretching. It's stretching. It is stretching. It's something that realistically, you look at the form, you know, I know the cliche of the form book goes at the window when you have these kind of things. It does a little bit, to be honest with you. And as you said, I think it was the perfect game for Manchester United to turn up in. Dude, the question is, how are we going to do in the next game and then the next game and then the next and this, game? This I've, is seen, yeah. I've seen enough of these performances where, yeah, we worked really hard and then we go and play someone like Brighton and it just, we don't work hard now, you know? And then it just, and all of a sudden, you've got we've got the next four four of our games are away, starting with the um, uh, Europa League on Thursday. So we'll see we'll see how we get we get along. We'll see how we get along. You've got Norwich next away. Yeah, on Sunday evening. Like you say, um, <laughs> another Manchester team has been there this season and, and shown it's not the easiest place to go. Um, it is. I those... feel like Norwich are coming off the boil now, though. Yeah. You know what? It's weird because they had all these injuries going into the City game and somehow pulled that off. And uh, they struggled since. They finally got a clean sheet um, Mm. against the only other team in the Premier League without a clean sheet who also got a clean sheet. (laughs) Who the hell would have had Brighton Norwich? Sorry, Brighton. Bournemouth Norwich at at nil-nil. Crazy. Crazy. Nobody. Nobody. Um, So 
We should probably talk about the next thing we should. because we should. We, we should be clear to the to the listeners back home. It's been a bit of a barren week um, in terms of what to talk about. Um, we were both of us were praying that there would be shenanigans at Arsenal, so we would have another topic to speak about other than the usual kind of stuff. And presto, changeo, we've got our Arsenal back. We have. So got our I want to read out some uh, some stats here. I've got some stats for you on Arsenal. So, they have now conceded 22 Premier League goals from set pieces since, since the start of last season. Only Watford and Everton have conceded more. 22 from set pieces. You mentioned a few weeks ago that one of the reasons why Marco Silva, uh, in your opinion, is a snake, or a bit of a con man, is that there's a clear deficiency in that team and he has not addressed it. They've conceded, Everton have conceded 24 goals from set pieces, Arsenal 22, God. Emery still has, has the same thing, has not addressed the weakness. Since Emery was appointed, Arsenal have conceded 13.7 shots per game and attempted 12.4. The fact that Arsenal are a top six side and they consistently have fewer shooting opportunities than whoever they're playing is hilarious. That is mad. That's that like is a crazy, crazy, isn't it? That's a crazy, crazy stat. I have one more. I have one more stat for you. Arsenal have kept as many clean sheets away from home in the Premier League as Sheffield United have since Emery replaced Wenger. Bear in mind, Sheffield United have only played four games. What yeah, you know, away from home. I mean, they, have they're they, awful. Have they actually improved at all? Because I don't think they have. They haven't. They've got the same vulnerability that the last three, four, five years of Wenger had. Um, and this is kind of like what they were always going to get with Emre. I mean, ultimately, Emre's uh, got a pretty poor record when it comes to conceding shots throughout wherever he's been. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, and I think if you go all the way back to their, the appointment of Unai Emre, of all the names that they were linked with, he was the most unimaginative name. Yep. And this is what you get. This yep. is exactly what you get. You get what you deserve. You get a manager who's only shot a big club football was at Paris. Um, and am I right? He was the one that was in charge the night that they got turned over in Barcelona after winning the first leg 4-0. I think that's correct. I think that's correct. I think that's correct. Yeah. A man that built his name at Sevilla winning Europa Leagues. So basically, Arsenal appointed a manager who's suited to a lower-level team, overachieving. Is that really what ownership sees Arsenal Football Club at this point? Basically, a lesser team that can kind of overachieve, maybe win the Europa League, get in the Champions League the back door, exit the group stage, go win the Europa League, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. It's just garbage, mate. I'd get rid I'd get rid. Oh, absolutely, I'd get rid. He's only I'd got. Get rid. I'd have gotten rid fucking ages ago. He's only got what uh, eight months left on his his contract. I'm talking about now. I don't. I know they're only fifth, and like really, top four is really on for them because you look at uh, the the rivals for top four. Tottenham, they're in the toilet, mate. They're finished. Uh, Manchester United obviously got their problems. They're well documented. Chelsea obviously on a bit of a high right now, but with uh, a young team, a young young inexperienced coach. That could go either way. It's going to be a roller coaster this season. Uh, and Leicester, who are probably the most consistent unit, you still be like, well, they 
don't have a proven record in finishing top four. So really, Arsenal should still be finishing top four, even with Emery. But I'd get rid. Just get rid. Uh, I agree with you because I, I imagine that in the summer, the likes of Aubameyang and Lacazette are going to be looking elsewhere. Their, their heads are going to be turned. If you can get a manager in now who's going to spend you know, the best part of half or more a season with them to persuade them that this is the place for them, that this is where they need to be, and then in the summer can get some players in and start early, that's, that's what they need to be doing. If they've got Emery still there... So there's a quote that um, Patrice Evra was doing the Monday Night Football. And he was wonderful, by the way. He was, he was excellent. He was a joy. This is a quote from him last night. Oh, well, yeah, Monday night. I used to call them my babies 10 years ago, and they are still when I look at them, and I think they are my babies, and that's the truth. Even when Robin Van Persie came, and on the first day I shook his hand and said, welcome to a man's club. At the beginning he was upset, but after one month he said, you were completely right, Patrice. Now, that was... savage, man. How many years ago was that? Six, six, seven years ago? Seven years ago? Around that area? Yeah, Um, What's changed? Other than the fact that Granite Xhaka is now the captain, who exemplifies everything that is wrong about that club. That's a tone setter, mate. There's your tone setter. The... um the same problems exist. They are a weak team of weak, mentally weak players. The only one out there that I go, you know, I think Ginduzi does put in a shift. He looks like kind of, and he's only 20 years old, so you can't really look to the 20-year-old to be no. the leader there. Um, I like Ginduzi as well. Uh, yeah, uh, he, he's, there's a lot of talent in there that needs to be unlocked. And I just think Emery's kind of not the guy to unlock this. Uh, well, got- so it's a big ask going from playing in what, League 2 of France? Yeah. So now playing Premier League football, and he's basically been a mainstay pretty much ish since he came into the team. He has. He plays a lot of football. He does play a lot of minutes. Um, it's a big ask. In a midfield next to Xhaka. Oh, yeah, there you go. And in front of that defence. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the back line, when I saw the lineup, I was shocked. Um, his persistence with going with Luis and Socrates. I, I, I just do not understand what's going on here. Uh, why? I think Rob Holding should be back soon. Um, surely he walks back into this. That's got to change. I know that I'm always going to be hypercritical with David Luiz because fuck David Luiz. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, David Luiz uh, acting out because he was fourth choice at Chelsea, has meant that, A, we got rid of him to Arsenal, which has weakened them, and B, it's meant that uh, Tamori, instead of going out on loan, has stayed and is now our first choice centre-half. Ultimately, David Luiz basically throwing a hissy fit has sort of benefited us twice. Has strengthened Um, Chelsea. Klasenak at left-back. I I know Tierney's only just back from injury, but do me a favour. He's back long enough now. Yeah. Klasenak isn't a left-back, because every time I watch... Arsenal and they're defending there is no left back in position no. and offensively he hasn't got it either um, the right back Chambers he's not a right back he's never going to offer anything going the other way uh, there's a problem obviously Bellamy's going to be back soon so I think the thing is that the full backs are going to be better soon we know this but the midfield in front I don't know what it does no I don't and I don't think any of the players know really what they're doing because it's always mixing and changing. Like uh, Danny Ceballos, a really talented boy. It was a coup where they got him. Uh, he has no fucking idea what he's doing. He's played every position imaginable in that midfield. And they've already destroyed him. Emery's, oh, yeah. I Emery's mean, he looks completely him. different to the player that he was when he made his debut already. Yeah. Um, and then we get to, like, um, obviously, Nicola Pepe. Um, missed a, a guilt-edged chance, but he was better overall in the night. But 
72 million pounds on this guy. And you called it. You called it. You said this guy isn't all that. The numbers have been inflated with penalty kicks, and which is kind of funny because obviously Arsenal fans hammered United fans about inflating goal numbers through <laughs> penalty kicks. But it's okay when it's the other way around. Um, I just think that, again, he's a winger that likes to play with players in front of him and do a few tricks and then basically fire a left-footed shot off from 30 yards and he's just not good enough. That- in the French League, you can do that against farmers and fishermen, but against... You know, actual top level players. It's yeah. a bit of a different game. They, um, Young barely saw the ball. No, no, he barely saw the ball. And and and, and then you kind of like, right? Well, so you're playing against a very organised team in Sheffield United. The one thing that you will say about them is that they, they are a team. You cannot yeah. pick. And we, when we did this exercise to try and find the Jenga piece in there, we couldn't find it because they're all basically a team. They're a unit. They are Sheffield United throughout. So they're going to be difficult to play against at home on a Monday night. So you kind of need someone that's got a bit of nails, a bit of guile about them, the intelligence to pick a pass. But you've left him at home on 350 grand a week playing Fortnite. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, fi- the, the most incredible thing that Unai Emery's managed to achieve, right, is that the much maligned, lazy... Mesa Ozil, who's earning 350 grand a week playing Fortnite, is getting sympathy from Arsenal fans. Sympathy. Yeah. It, that's, that's incredible. And that's how far that they've fallen with Emery. They are out. I, 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 Arsenal Fan TV basically summed it up. I, I spoke to a friend at work, a big Arsenal fan. He's out. Another friend at work. He's Emery out. They are out on this guy. And to be fair to them... Uh, they've been out since basically it was announced as well. It was such a lacklustre, easy choice to make, and they could have gone with Mikel Arteta. I'm not saying that he w- would have been better, but anyone. it would have been something, someone, right? someone young, someone hungry, someone not 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 this guy. They got such. A, it seems that they they've they've been very fortunate to have a, a crop of exciting young players coming through as well much like Chelsea in a way maybe not so many of them but in Joe Willock they've got a real real talented boy yeah. there um, and in Saka as well obviously they've got a star out there and I just think as well they wasted 72 million pounds what was the fucking point in, in that because I don't get where he fits Pepper I'm probably being no. hypercritical and he may well come good and I'll look stupid at the end of the season about this but I kind of think that a man well, for sure for sure you may well look stupid about it at the end of the season, but that'll be because they sacked this guy and they got someone else in who can actually play a, an actual style of football where he doesn't change. So when 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 um, when when Unai Emery first came on board, what was the thing that he was doing a lot? He was changing his tactics. He did yeah. changing things at half time, changing his subs all the time, changing his team all the time. Just constant, constant, constant change. For me, as an outsider, I don't pay, obviously, all of the attention in the world to Arsenal. I haven't seen that change. I don't know what Arsenal's best team is yet. And it's not like it's a Man United situation where you're like, well, they're all shit, so you just have to make do. Arsenal have some good players in there. They're not... They've got got some good pieces in their team. And... The, you know, Danny Sabas is a perfect example. Play the fucker. Play him every week. Why aren't you playing Torreira in there every week as well? Yeah, he's, he's a lost well, boy. Well, isn't it like for have a, for for tougher games, Sabas, Torreira, and Gendouzi? That sounds like a pretty balanced midfield to me. And for games where you know you expect him to have an extra man, like a Sheffield United, you play two of them and play Ersley ahead of them. Yeah, I don't know why it's so hard to do this. I don't understand because, but this this over reliance on Shaka. This, this, this clown, this comedy figure, 
I don't understand it. He must look excellent in training. Like, he must look truly magnificent. Um, he, he's neither a leader, and he's he, and the thing with, with Shaka is I don't know what he does well. He's I mean, I do just, know what he does well, that's that, not fair. He's uh, a coward. Yeah. He's not a tone setter, is he? He's no. not captain material. He's not a player that's going to guide them along. I know uh, last year a lot of people were kind of going on about... Um, kind of I guess comparing in a way Xhaka and Jorginho but you only have to look at this season the difference between the two players mm. uh, Jorginho seems to be excelling uh, without Mar- um, Maurizio Sarri so that's quite interesting on a different note yeah. completely he is excelling under Frank Lampard and it seems that maybe he was being shackled by Maurizio Sarri's shackling of all the players <laughs> around him um, and this is something that like, kind of like I think comes with Emre maybe a bit that these players like you say Pepe may well look better in a different system where having better players around him, or at least players that know a system. Um, it's dead. It's gone. They should move on. I don't know who the manager I would appoint, and that's that, I guess that's the question, isn't it? Where where should they go now? Where where should they be looking? The, the, the answer of going for Mikel Arteta, it's a risk. It is a risk. But, but is it I worth think, taking? I, th- I think so. I think so. I think um, people. I think people would want to play for him. He's got purely a- on the basis because of his experience and the style of football that he's, you know, supposedly plays under the tutelage of Guardiola. Um, I think people would. He would be able to attract people to that. Yeah, uh, depending on what his vision is. Obviously, I don't know the guy. I don't know what his vision for football well, he, is. It, it, it might be four four four. It might be four four two direct. You know who knows? He was very because he interviewed. Um, and I think he failed the interview because he wasn't a yes man and he wanted control over transfers. Yeah. That's my understanding and Emre was a bit more kind of like, I'll, I'll coach. I'll just coach whatever um, shit you managed to buy Exactly. Me. Whatever shit players you buy me, I'll coach them. Um, Have you seen any evidence of coaching? No, they still look confused, don't they? And they're boring. Arsenal are boring, mate. Arsenal boring. are boring. Like, when was they the last time boring. Arsenal were boring? I, dude, I'm going to finish this segment just by saying... They were better under Wenger. I agree. I think had Wenger been given the funding that Emre was afforded this summer, I think he'd be doing a better job with it than what Unai Emre's been able to achieve. Yeah, I I agree. I I agree. I agree. Um, Two segments left. We're two down. We're a man down. I'm nearly a throat down. (laughs) We've got two quick segments to go. I know actually three quick segments to go. Because we've got predictions. The first right? one, yeah, we've got predictions as well. So the Champions League. Yes. Now, <laughs> I've got in my notes talk about Champions League fixtures, but then I, because I had a look at them, and I realised there's none that I really care about. No, there's the one. The only bit of news is like like Salah is back. Um, I mean, it showed Sunday actually that they 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 really do need him. They do look a they completely do. different unit without their front three, and it only took one of them not to be there, and they looked terrible yeah. uh, they look clueless which is fascinating to me because uh, obviously again going back to it we spoke about Jenga pieces and I obviously went for Mino and obviously you would correctly said it's Virgil van Dijk which I can completely understand but ultimately it's any of the front three uh, because the drop off from Mane uh, Firmino and Salah to Divock Origi is yeah. drastic and it I think that enormous. happened against Newcastle didn't it right where they were I think it did. really bad really bad at, uh, against Newcastle at home Newcastle took the lead Origi fortunately got hurt Firmino came on changed the game they looked much better it's a concern there's a long way to go this season with just those three carrying those three players 
Um, well, it wasn't the answer with wasn't the answer Shakiri. What? Where the hell? What has he done? What has I he done do to, to, to the Jurgen Klopp? Something's happened there because he he actually looked pretty decent deputising and and coming even into a central midfield role occasionally um, as an extra forward. Um, since kind of like the turn of the year, he's vanished because he was non-existent during the Champions League run as well. Yeah, I have no idea where he is. But um, yeah, on to the Champions League fixtures. I mean, I don't know if there's any you want to pick out as being particularly tasty. Uh, Tottenham are beating Red Star at the moment. That's pretty important for them, bearing in mind their shellacking at the hand of Bayern Munich last time. Um, well, Pochettino's come out and says he fears the sack, right? Has he really? He came out. He, he said, yeah, "I don't know what the exact quote was, but um, essentially, the news story is that he, um, admit, like, you know, kind of fears it a little bit because the results haven't been good enough. They've not been great. Um, they, I, and I can understand where he's coming from on that. Um, in terms of, look, they ain't sacking him, mate. Levy, Levy no. knows. Levy knows what his worth is. It's too much. Um, yeah. Levy, Levy knows there's still a chance that come, come the summer, uh, Manchester United finishing seventh. That's not enough." And they'll be coming knocking and going, here's £30 million. We want your manager, please. And then uh, Levy can go, yep, excellent. I will not be reinvesting that into the squad. I'll be putting that in a nice high-yield bond. Yes. And, and, and <laughs> so I can watch it from afar. Look at that bond days. grow. Look at that bond grow. Yes, lovely. Um, um, but in terms of games, I'm, I'm just having a look through because it's all a bit, eh, naff. Um, the one that stands out, um, Ajax Chelsea. Um that's going to be a fascinating game. It's a big game for Chelsea as well um, because of obviously their defeat day one against Valencia. They had a pretty good outing against Lille last time out, um, got the result. Ajax obviously down uh, one of their world-class players and a uh, fat, unathletic centre-half. Um, they, they still look a unit, Ajax. They still look decent. They, Zayac obviously scored an absolute peach last time that out. That guy's technique is just... Yeah. Oh, I love it. I just it's it's weird that he didn't get the move to a Arsenal or a Manchester United in the summer because he kind of look at him and go, yeah, he's a good player to watch. He kind of reminds me a bit of Mares, where I think that people maybe mm-hmm. look at him and go, does he apply himself enough? Mm. And then don't look at the output and go, does it really matter? Yeah, I uh, think you're exactly you're right. I mean, and Mares has shown for Man City that he's a very effective weapon to have for absolutely, a top team. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's surprising that he's he's stayed because I think he would have moved. I, I think he would have moved to Arsenal or, or United. I think Arsenal would have been better off spending the thirty million pounds on Zayek instead of the seventy-two on Pepe, and spending that forty million plus the eight on David Luiz on a centre half that can play centre half. Yeah, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, that's their mistake they made. Um, <laughs> can can Chelsea go to Ajax and win? It's a big ask for such a young, inexperienced team. I, I, I'm really excited to see it. The most frustrating thing is is that it's a six o'clock kickoff. What the fuck yeah. is that all about? Six o'clock kickoff. Um, so I'm going to basically get back from work. Um, have to pick Alessia up, get her ready. Uh, kind of to her dinner and then look to my wife and go please can you put her to bed <laughs> and for those that don't know my wife is a big Chelsea fan as well and it, I can imagine it's going to be like I want to watch the game as well and it's like right kid's going to bed at half five then isn't she <laughs> did you see what the Dutch media said to Lampard today um, I saw something about uh, why do you look scared yeah so and, he, and he said that's he said, just my face yeah, he said, that's just my face. And he's like, yeah, but all you've been talking about is Ajax. And he's like, yeah, and after the game, all I'm going to be talking about is Burnley. 
Yeah. Lampard's so good in front of the cameras, mate. He's so good. Oh, I love him so much, mate. Frankie. Frankie Lampard. I, I'm really excited to see it. Uh, th- these are kind of like the games that being back in the Champions League mean something. Um, I think that we're good enough to give them a game. It's going to be tough, though. Uh, the return leg's going to be interesting because their fans can't come. No. They're, they're, they've, uh, they've been banned from, from uh, travelling to the game. Um, I think I don't know what that's in relation to. I think there was some trouble in the Valencia game, I think, that's that's related to. So that's probably the pick of the games. Inter Milan have got Borussia Dortmund. That's a huge game for Antonio Conte uh, if he has any aspirations of getting out of the group stage. Uh, they took the lead against Barcelona last time out and then threw it away uh, late. Um, mm. They obviously, I think they struggled against Slavia Prague as well in, in match day one. This is a must win. Um, already at this early stage so they've got a bad record oh sorry they don't he has a personal bad he record has a bad in the record. European Cup um, and I think it's continuing <laughs> I think he's exiting this group stage it's, it's a pretty horrible draw Borussia Dortmund are a good team they're a good team and a tough yeah. team especially for a Conte team to play against I think as well because they are so explosive and um, fast flowing uh, Barcelona got Slavia Prague, so they'll probably pick that off because now Messi's back. They are. It's it's, it's quite funny actually because uh, without Messi, they had the worst start in God knows how many years to a La Liga season. Messi came back their top. Yep. Because it's funny how that works, really, when you have the best player of all time in your team. It does. It does help, and yet people will go, "Yeah, but Ronaldo." Uh, yeah. So that's that's my Champions League review. Uh, there's only one game I'm even interested in, and shock, it's Chelsea versus Ajax. There you go. I do, I, and to be fair, that is the game I'm looking forward to the most as well. Yeah, it's, so, it's the pick yeah. of the round because it's a pretty poor round of games. Well, you know what's depressing? I'm pretty sure the next round is the reverse fixtures of this round. Oh, what? Yeah, so uh, we've got kind of back-to-back gubbins rounds. But I think we finished with some pretty exciting, I think PSG, because we opened up with PSG Real Madrid, didn't we? Yeah. We were spoilt. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were. Um, I'm going to go one more, well, two more segments. The next one, I'm going to read you out the list of nominees for the Ballon d'Or 2019, Woods. Wow, I bet it's full of really exciting good players. And I want you to basically tell, say to me, yay or nay, if you think they're going to be in the top three. Top. <laughs> so we've got it's 30 players, right? Yeah. So I'm going to be saying nay to 27 players on this list. Yes. I, am I being genuine here? Is it my top three or is it the... It's that, your top three. It's my top three. Yeah. I can't wait for the piss boy then. Sergio Aguero. No. Sadio Mane. He's deserving to at least make the shortlist because there's a lot of names on here where I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? All uh, right, okay. Well, maybe we'll change it. Do they deserve to be on the shortlist or not? Um, Mane, absolutely. Yes. Frankie de Jong. I'm going to say Yes. He was good for Ajax. He was fair. good for Ajax, in, in, especially when you take into account the, the, the big fat lump that he had to cover. Uh, that playing, is fair. That's playing centre-half. He had to do a lot of work in that midfield to, to carry that lot to the, <laughs> to the semi-final. Hugo Lloris. This is mental. Like, genuinely mental. This was the name that I'm like, how the fuck has he made this list? I have no idea. He was I not the no reason idea. they got to the final. They got into the final in spite of him. This is incredible. Hugo Lloris. Did they check? Oh, wait a minute. French football magazine votes on this. Ah. Gaim. Uh, Dusan Tadic. He had a good tournament in the Champions League, but 
Are we really talking about the best player? I, I, I struggle sometimes with these, Mikey. You know me. I struggle yeah. with this because I, I get a little bit like, because he had a good season. Is this what we're voting for? Who had a good season? Is it the good season award? Or are we generally talking about the best footballer in the world? Because if it's a good season, he had a good Champions League campaign, had a very good season in terms of uh, numbers in, in, in um, the Eredivisie as well. So if we're doing season, yes, he does deserve to be on the shortlist. Kylian Mbappe. Yeah, absolutely. Alexander Arnold. So I will, I will give you some feedback from Mr. Collard. He watched the game with me on, on Sunday. And uh, yet again, he voiced his opinion that Alexander Arnold is not the answer for England. Interesting. Who does he think is? Rhys James? Uh, don't know. He ain't, he ain't here to answer you. <laughs> we'll, we'll hold that question. We'll hold that question for you when he's back. Um, for his worth, I don't think he's very good defensively at all. He's a liability um, defensively. And he needs to get sort that out. I don't know how that's going to happen, though. He's going to sort it out when he goes play centre midfield instead. <laughs> um, Aubameyang. Look, he scored a lot of goals. Um, and he scored a lot of good goals. Does he deserve to make the shortlist? I mean, Arsenal were pretty banterish last year, weren't they? But I guess he carried them at least. I'm going to, I'm going to allow it. Player, right? I'm going to allow it. You know what? I am going he- to allow it. You would say Arsenal are one of the best 30 teams in the world, right? Yes. And he's their best player? Yes. I know the team, you can have more than one player from each team in this, in this thing, but that's kind of how I justify it I've just had a quick look through here. I believe that we won the Europa League? Uh, yes, you did, yes. Not one fucking player? No. No, there isn't. Not even a Mason Mount. Apologies. Uh, Mark Anthony Testegen. He's a goalkeeper. Get out of my list. Yes. Obviously, Ronaldo, we know that. Um, poor goal-scoring campaign in um, Serie A. Uh, failed in the Champions League to Ajax. Um, I remember when we, were, when we were growing up at University Woods, you were Ronaldo's biggest fan. Because <laughs> when we were at university, I was about 12 years younger. <laughs> and so was Cristiano Ronaldo. That's fair. Uh, look, I think he's still an elite-level poacher. Um, but let's get real here. Are we genuinely... Because he won the MVP award in Serie A last year, which yeah. was a fucking joke because he barely played in the league because they bought him to win the European Cup. He failed. Ladies and gentlemen, he failed at this. And then everyone's like, yeah, but look, he led Portugal to win the uh, European Best Friends Awards League thing. <laughs> and it's like, right, but I'm pretty sure Bernardo Silva was like carrying him. Uh, he deserves to be on the list. I'll allow it, but... Let's get serious. Oh, we know we know where you stand with this, Woods. Yeah. Alisson. He was very good for them in the European Cup. Um, and he was very good for them in the Premier League. But he's a goalkeeper. I like your thinking. Um, Delit. Absolutely fucking not, mate. The, I, I, talk about, I talk about Marco Silva being a fraud. I, I had my reservations about this guy because I watched him. I don't like his first step. I think he's very reactive and I think he's too slow to be reactive and he's getting found out at the moment at Juventus. Look, he's still very young. But there was kind of like this, this, this kind of flowing that, oh, they've got the, uh, Holland have got the two best centre-halves in world football. And it's like, hang on a minute, right? Van Dijk, yes. De Lit. let's not forget... He kind of was culpable for that third goal uh, at the Amsterdam Arena in the European Cup semi-final. If he yeah. deals with that ball, that long fucking ball, better, they play Liverpool in the final. I, I just kind of feel people got a bit carried away with him. I think that he's fine. I think he's Maguire fine. Maguire but... or De Ligt? Sorry? 
Maguire or Delip? Who right now? Yeah, uh, I, I tell you. If, which if, Chelsea, if, if Chelsea had the choice, <sighs> both for the same fee, who would you choose? God, that's a tough choice. Um, Maguire right now, I think, is a better defender. I don't know what Delip could be, but I also don't. I don't think there's a sure thing that he's going to turn out to be what people think he is. I think he's. I think he's fine on the ball. I think if you switched them around, right? I think if Maguire was Dutch and Delip was English. I think that people would be praising Maguire a lot more. I think Maguire suffers with that because he's English. Bulldog mentality, isn't yeah. it? I, I just don't so, really believe the hype. Um, I'll give you some football manager information yes. about the lip. Go for it. So he's one of the defenders on the game. He's obviously highly rated. You know, He's a good player to get. Um, obviously, before he went to Juventus. For years now, De Ligt has been a player on that game where the potential for him varies quite drastically. He'll either become a very middling you know, pretty good defender, or he'll become exceptional. And the, the the range of what he can become on that game is quite large. And I think he, I think you're right in terms of what he can be is someone very special. But there's the danger that if he isn't in the right team with the right setup around him and he hasn't got the right work ethic, that he may not see his f- potential be fulfilled. He got to play with Frankie de Jong in front of him. Yeah. I'd look pretty tasty at centre half if I had Frankie <laughs> de Jong playing in front of me because he does everything. Karen Benzema. No, no. Any Real Madrid player on here that was playing for Real Madrid last year, mm. I, I've just realised we do have a Chelsea player on this list. Uh, no. One Aldum. Uh, no, thank you. I, I know that people like to talk about how good he is, but Ballon d'Or, mate. No, not, for, not for me. Not for me. I think he's. I think he's improved this season. I think he also was good at the back end of last season. But we're talking about the best of the best. Liverpool centre midfield. I've never really felt is their strength. And off the midfield that play in there, I think people would agree. Fabinho is the one. Right. Well, well, I think Ronaldo had a better game against United, but then they were all poor. So yeah, they, I mean, they were all you know, garbage that day. It's an industrious midfield to start with, so it's not. You know, you don't win Ballon d'Ors for industry. No. Right? No. Um, Van Dyke. Absolutely. Um, unequivocally the best centre half in world football. Got mugged by Rashford, though, didn't he? <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> I feel for him at this point because he's been so good that any moment, like Pepe <laughs> ran past him earlier this season, and Pepe's been living off this. He has been. Not, not personally. I will say. I don't think Nicola Arsenal Pepe does. like bowls into Arsenal training. He's like, yeah, get out of the way. I am the one that broke the streak. <laughs> he's like got Paul Heyman with him. <laughs> um, Bernardo Silva absolutely he was mega mate mega Son Heung-min he's a tough one because he I, I think ordinarily yes yeah but I I struggle with him over the, uh, for certainly recent times because Spurs have looked so dog shit he hasn't really been performing he hasn't he hasn't I, I think that Son is the kind of player that you, you would want in your squad. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can build a team around him. No. Uh, I agree. And, and for me, Mate, I, and- I, I just don't think he's Ballon d'Or level. Players can get hot, right? And he got hot, yeah. in, the, he, he got hot in Kane's absence. Um, but I just don't think that Ballon d'Or. We're talking about the best of the best. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Robert Lewandowski. Bayern were atrocious last year. But he's legitimately on fire. 
this year. He is he's a man. He's a fucking freak friends. as well, mate. I mean, he keeps himself in incredible shape. Um, absolutely. He's probably the best striker in world football. I really want to see him come to the Premier League. It's such a shame that's probably not going to happen. Uh, the only player, team I could see is United. You know, kind of United getting him in like a Zlatan for a final year. Yeah. Although that mate, might have been... It's old. going to be Cavani, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Donny van der Beek. No. He, people are overrating this kid as well because he scored a couple of goals in the European Cup campaign. I, I don't see it. It's always the way. Let's, t- let's take these players out of that system. Yeah. You know, we talk about this, you know, if, if, if Salah went to Real Madrid, would he be, you know? I think those white hankies would be coming at some point. I, f- I think so. Um, obviously, Lionel Messi, yeah, he's the best, the best player in the world. In the world. Uh, Mares. This was a surprise, but then I did read he was the best player at the African Cup of Nations, and then, his fair team enough. did win it. So we'll give it's, it's difficult because he didn't play enough minutes at City, no. but he should play more minutes, and he is playing more minutes now, and he has been excellent when he has yeah. played. Um, so <laughs> his his career at City could have folded when he missed that penalty. Yeah, but it hasn't. No, it hasn't. No, it's a credit to him. So I, I'd keep Mares in. Um, yeah. Kevin De Bruyne. Didn't play many minutes, did he? I have no idea how he's on this list. If this is going by the last, uh, going by 2019... He's played about it's, three it's weeks the, the, this year. The title year. of it is the 2019 shortlist. He has literally not played this year. I don't get it. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's definitely in the, I mean, in the top 10 in players in the world. But again, what, what am I judging this now? Am I judging this on the player's ability? Because if it is, half of this lot can get out. So is this so is this award now the Danny Alves award? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. And this is kind of the, this is kind of the thing. Okay, we've got um, Koulibaly. I mean, he's just probably the second best defender in world football. I, I don't also, see, I don't get enough look at him. That's the problem. I. And the issue is that every time I have looked at him, he's a clown. <laughs> like, this is genuinely really. I have every time I've watched him, I'm like what. This Don't guy, see it. He, lo- he looks, he looks interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, Do you reckon he's living me? off? Of, sometimes these players benefit from people not watching. There's a lot of Ajax names in here that I think a lot of people have only watched play European Cup games. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, Antoine Griezmann. No. <laughs> we'll, we'll skip over that one. Uh, Mo Salah. Yeah. Look, so I, I can't. It's Salah, there, isn't it? it? Yeah. I know I had a question asked to me earlier. What will I do if if Salah wins it? And my response was cancel football. <laughs> um, and I still stand by that. But I will not argue against him making a shortlist. That's fair. Um, Eden Hazard, Chelsea legend, the Chelsea representative on this list. Because let's face it, he hasn't turned up for Madrid yet. <laughs> That's not fair. He has he has scored a goal now. Has he, he? Has, he has scored an actual goal. Um, absolutely. Eden Eden Hazard was um, the sole reason we got European cup football you know playing the Champions League next year he wasn't the sole reason we won the Europa League for what it's worth despite winning that award having played mm. like three minutes of the competition uh, that was actually Olivier Giroud who's now doesn't get a look in who doesn't get a look in at Chelsea no I kind of feel for him a bit because he's he's still racking up the games and goals for France and he signed that contract probably thinking oh yeah, yeah. there's no strikers here next year so I'll play and it's like oh yeah Tammy's really good on oh, Bashwai's second choice and he must be like hey what? Don't worry, though. I can still play for my national team, right? Apparently so. Yeah, apparently. Um, Marquinhos. 
This is as mental to me as Hugo Lloris. Yeah, I don't get what? it. What? I don't get it. PSG? Uh, the last time I saw Marquinhos, he was getting knocked out by Marcus Rashford. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, a strange decision. Yeah, I don't... You've got to be fucking good to be a defender and be on this list. Do you think opinion. that they're kind of like, we need a certain number of defenders, and they were kind of like sitting down playing FIFA and went rank defenders in order and went, oh, Marquinhos. What I would like to do one day is go back in time and look at maybe the 2004 Ballon d'Or shortlist and see what kind of players are in that. Yeah, there must be some banter players. Because there must be some awful players in that. Do you know what I mean? Next week, Woods, I'm going to go back in time and I'm going to find some other shortlists from the years and highlight the players there. Because I want to get a feeling for whether this era of football is good, how, how it stacks up against other eras, I think. That intrigues me. I'm intrigued I'm by this. this as well. This sounds good. Two more, two more listings. Raheem Sterling, absolutely, and Yao Felix. yeah. Uh, Yao Felix, no. Um, he's played like six minutes of football in his career at top level. Don't get me wrong; he is going to be a Ballon d'Or player for a long time to come. But are we serious, Yao Felix? Come Apparently on, now. we are. This is this come is what on we do. now. This is um, what we do now. BT Sport in their graphic. Have put three players on the on the graphic, and it's Van Dyke, Messi, and Frankie De Jong. I enjoy this a lot. So we'll see how that is. We'll see how that goes. The um, expectation is the journalists voted for Van Dyke at the FIFA Best Awards. Thus, Van Dyke is likely to be the winner. I can see it as well. But let's get fucking real. Let's get real. It's Leo Messi. Let's stop. Ins- let's stop insulting it. Let's not embarrass ourselves like basketball has for so long, where we keep giving MVP awards to non-MVP level players because we get voter fatigue. Leo Messi is the greatest player we'll ever see. They should rename the award. Yeah, the Ballon Messi. <laughs> the Ballon Messi. Yeah. Or the Messi door. I mean, if you if you want to have your award be legitimate, you need to give it to him. Yeah. This is what we said last year after the FIFA Best Awards gave it to Modric. It's like if you want to be legitimate. Give the Ballon d'Or to me, and they gave it to Modric. On that note, Modric is the only player in Ballon d'Or history to win the award and then not make the thirty-man squad next next season. Wow. The thirty-man shortlist the following year. The only man in history not to do that or to do that. Well, oh dear. There you go, mate. Uh, off a cliff. Um, and like, you, the thing is, f- what I will say, I bet he didn't even fall off a cliff in terms of his performances. No, I bet he didn't. Um, no. I, it's, he shouldn't have won it last year. Um, yeah, we, we know your thoughts there. Yes. Shall we rifle through some predictions? Yeah, let's do it. Right. We've got some football on Friday night. Friday night football. We've got football every day of the week this week. I think so. Yeah, Monday night football. We've got Friday night football. Delicious. We're looking good. We're looking good. We've got Southampton Leicester. That's a doozy, isn't it? That's a tough little trip for Leicester. I think Leicester win this. Southampton... Southampton have to find some form at some point. Danny, Danny Ings is scoring goals. That's their one saving grace right now is that they've at least got a striker that has found some level of form. Um, will it be enough to see them out of their danger that they seem to be dropping towards? I don't know. Uh, Leicester drew one, drew. They won, didn't they? They won, didn't they? There was a goal yeah. disallowed at the end of the game for Burnley, wasn't it? Yes, you, know, you are correct. Um Telemann with a really, really yeah, sweet man. strike, wasn't it? Off the bar it? and in, we love it. Uh, yeah, Leicester. Leicester got too much room. Um, half 12 kickoff on Saturday, Manchester City versus Aston Villa. City. Yeah. 
Villa um, had a good result again, didn't they? I think Jack Grealish good played player. well. Here's, here's one for you, mate, because uh, I was having this chat at work. Jack Grealish is going to be probably available uh, in the summer because I think there's probably a gentleman's agreement if the right fee comes in. James Madison's going to cost you 100 million, right? Because Leicester are going to hold you to that. Yeah. Jack Grealish, you're getting at a fraction of that, probably. Probably closer to the, the, the 40 million, maybe 50. Who are you taking? <laughs> you know what I mean? I have no idea. I, don't I know will you, say I don't this. Know. I like James Madison a lot. I do. But, and I know it's unfair to talk about a player's character, but I do watch Grealish on the pitch and I go, character, uh, characters that are there, he's got the armband and he carries, like he drives that team on his own. Yeah. Madison gets to play with Ndidi and uh, Tielemon every week in centre midfield. And Vardy. And Vardy. This guy's basically playing with um, McGinn. McGinn. And some other players Wesley. that wear claret and blue. And Does uh, Wesley play for them? He does. It is Wesley. Yeah. And, and, but he's always Grealish. It's always Grealish. I I think it helps that he's his hometown. Yes. But I I just think it'd be so much more interesting that United to go get Grealish. <laughs> I'm just saying it, mate. I, I, do, I do believe I know, it. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. I, I wouldn't be held to ransom by Leicester if I could go get Grealish for less. Not after we gave them 90 million for Maguire, yeah. whatever it was. And, and again, like, who cares about the fees? Because ultimately, yeah. it's not your money, it's not my money. The fees don't mean anything anymore. There's so much money in football. Um, I, I just think it's quite an interesting little argument to be had there. Because I think both players are very talented boys. Um, I think there's a lot of similar traits there with the way that they mm. play. Um, I just, I just, I'd like to see Grealish in a top-level team. Because I f- kind of feel that Madison's already kind of getting his crack at Leicester a little bit. You know, obviously yeah. we're, we're all we're all fans of Leicester. We all think they're a very good team. Where Aston Villa, obviously, they're going to be a comfy mid-table team. I think. Um, I think they've got a very good manager if they there. That's keep Grealish. Yes, I mean, obviously, if Grealish goes, it becomes a problem. Yeah, because if Grealish goes, I could see McGinn going after him. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, then, it's difficult you know. to convince players to stay when your captain and best player is walking out the door. Yeah, um, Brighton Everton. Uh, Brighton. Oh, I'm going to go for a draw myself. Um, I'm going to tell you why, because cause I am not buying the hype. I'm not buying the hype. This is, Look, you, you have a good result against um, a West Ham team that turned up Saturday lunchtime and didn't want to be there. And uh, what I will say is you, the, the two guys, I mean, uh, I don't, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to needle Lee and I'm looking over to him, but he's not here. Um, the thing... What I will say, that Sigurdsson goal was fucking delicious. It was a sweet What a hit. strike that was. Yeah. Do you want to put some pressure um, on the ball? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, I don't know, Everton were good. Everton were good. I, I, I'm going for a draw. I, I, I think Brighton draw. are a good unit. Um, I, I forget what they did this weekend. I'm sorry, I've completely gone blank. What did they do? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go have a look. Uh, <laughs> they lost the Villa. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They were in control, went down to 10... 10 men because of Moy. Moy. Yes, Moy. Moy and his insanity. Uh, two moments of absolute insanity from our Moy um, on, on, on Saturday's game where Brighton, who seemed to be in a, a comfy position, I believe, in the game, mm-hmm. uh, got a booking for basically kicking the ball away um, and then proceeded to get another booking pretty shortly after for a ridiculous tackle from behind. Like, completely needless. Yeah. Uh, left his team in, a, obviously, a 10 versus 11 for quite a w- long time. And, and Villa capitalised with, I believe it was a last-minute winner as well. Uh, bit of a kick in the teeth, that. But um, Brighton are better than what I think their points have shown. And that is a very, 
very dangerous thing for a team that are fighting relegation to do. When you're playing better than the points you're getting, that's not what you want your team to be doing when you're going to be one of the bottom six to seven teams. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Watford hosting Bournemouth. Um, oh, what are Watford? What, 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 I mean, Bournemouth were pretty abject. They had a few moments. Watford obviously got a good point at Tottenham, probably should have got three. Had the VAR actually done something this weekend. <laughs> I'm done. I am done with VAR. I, I, you know what? I, I text you this. I am starting to believe that the referees are deliberately failing VAR um, to just get rid of it. Well, the, you know, when, when Rashford scored against Liverpool, I didn't celebrate at all. No, because you've got to sit there and wait, haven't you? And Lee went, are you going to celebrate? And I was like, no. And then when they chalked, chalked it as a goal, no one in the crowd celebrated either. And it was just like, oh, we're one up now. Okay. Yeah, I don't it, get it. It does. It is sterilising. I I, honestly, I hate it. I really, really don't like it. Um, <clears throat> not my, not my cup of tea, bro. It's difficult. But I don't need, it? I don't need millimeter decisions in offside. No, I agree with that. I don't that. need it. I don't need. Mill- it's, it's impossible. It is physically impossible to 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 to, to, to like coach for that. The, the if thing, someone's toe, the technology or doesn't running, exist. The technology it's just doesn't fucking exist. Stupid. Uh, it's the prob- stupid. The problem is, is that because offside is a black and white decision, it does make it difficult. But the technology isn't there to, to, to tell you when the pass has been made, because you need to have sort of a pressure point and timestamp to know where to stop play on the video to then put the line in place. I completely agree. The millimetre des- decisions are ridiculous. And I think there's some rulings elsewhere where they use it for offside that they don't have this insane level of millimetre decisions. What I will say is that not giving a penalty to Watford on Saturday at Tottenham Hotspurs and not using VAR to overturn it just basically makes the whole thing laughable. Put it away. No point. If you ain't going to use it for that, then don't use it. Fuck it off. Because there's no point. It's a complete waste of time, this this VAR. And I genuinely believe that there's a geezer in the van uh, and and the referees in the field and they're basically kind of coming together to deliberately wreck VAR. I like it. I like conspiracy. It is the conspiracy. Conspiracy theory. They are conspiring to ruin it. (laughs) Uh, but you know, overall, it was a good point for Watford at the weekend. That's what I will say. But Tottenham were fucking dreadful again. Um, Bournemouth, Watford, draw. Going for a draw. Yeah. I've gone for Bournemouth. Bournemouth on the road are just a bit ropey. We, they are the Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. I know, but maybe that can't last forever. I'm hoping. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. Um, then we got West Ham versus Sheffield United. That's a good little game, isn't it? If the it? West Ham that from not the, if not the blah, if the West Ham that turned up against Everton turn up, they ain't winning that game. No, they're not. Um, they did not turn up at all. You know, what? I'm going to take a draw. I think there'll be a draw because I think Sheffield are just too organised for West Ham. I think West Ham are going to turn up. Fair. I'm going for a West Ham win. Half five kickoff. Burnley Chelsea. That's a sticky fixture for Chelsea to have. Um, this, this this is a real game. Um, I think we've had a bit of a couple of tomato cans in the league, uh, which we've been able to turn over. Uh, Burnley at home and no joke half five on a Saturday is no joke um, God I've got three draws in a row here I think I don't think we'll win but I don't think we'll lose so that's a draw mate I've gone for a, a Chelsea win um, I am not however going to be putting Abraham as my captain twice this season I've done this and both times four points can you, can you take him out of your fantasy team because you, you killed Pookie as well 
I did kill Becky. Um, on Sunday, we've got, what, four games? We've got Starting four. off with yeah. Newcastle Wolves. Yeah, um, Newcastle. Wolves, Wolves, Wolves back to playing Europa League fixtures on a Thursday, which definitely means they're going to lose. I'm having, I'm having a draw myself. I've got someone's got to take up the mantle of draws, and I think yeah. it's me and you. Uh, yeah, we both, we've both, we've both stepped in for Lee here. We have. Um, then we've got Arsenal Palace. Arsenal will win that. Uh, I think Palace are going to turn up. Really, I think they're a different animal at home, Arsenal. I th- yeah, they may yeah, but something in, something in my brain says that Arsenal are going to not win this game. Fair. I don't know why. Liverpool Spurs. <laughs> Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, this could be a humping. We said that about Man United. We, we did, we did. But um, the, the thing with Spurs is you don't know what version of Spurs is coming. The only play. version of Spurs that I know is going to turn up is they're going to be lazy. They're not going to press. And they're going to get picked off. This is fair. This is fair. Um, we've got Norwich Man United. That's a sticky game for you lot again. It's a horrible game. That's no, a sticky game. Um, I'm going to take a draw. I'm going to take United because I have faith. Glory Manchester United, yes. I have faith. Right. I'm going to tell you my, well, my winner of the week is Roy Keane. <laughs> Where are we staring at? <laughs> I did enjoy that, mate. It was good. It was good. The thing was, he's, he had a valid point. Go get Kane. It, he's If Kane has ambitions to win trophies, regardless of what Tim Shield thinks, he ain't winning anything at, at Tottenham. They no. have no history of winning stuff. Manchester United have a history of winning stuff, even when they've been dog shit. Okay? It's just a matter of when they turn it around. I know Lee likes to kind of go 30 years, it's going to be 30 years like it was for Liverpool. I just don't think that's going to be the case with this club. Um, and Kane would be an excellent signing. And I think he's right. Um, <laughs> what are you looking at? Yeah, they're in disarray. I love Roy Keane. I've got so love time for Roy Keane. Uh, I'm so, so happy they get Jose and Roy Keane in there. Because Sunez looked like an idiot this weekend as well. He did. He was all the main, over the, beer, the place. The, the beer at the end where Neville and Sunez are arguing and they both have the same point. Yeah, weird. They spent 20 minutes arguing and they were both saying the same thing. Yeah. Oh, I was frustrated. Uh, United need a striker. Yes, United need a striker. But they need a striker that can strike a striker. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was frustrating. Frustrating. Who's your winner? Uh, who's my winner? Um, <laughs> I know they only drew. I know they only drew, but that was a big result for Oli Solskjaer. Um And I think the performance was a big performance as well. It kind of... It certainly eases the narrative for now. Um, it, it gives him a bit of... Um, I can't think of the word, but kind of... Breathing space. Yes. A slight bit of... Uh, the pressure has been... Lifted Had slightly. They purely shithoused a result like that draw. I think that maybe they built a bit of pressure, and, but he didn't. And the, it. But the signs were there as well at the start. You know, when we, when I saw it, oh, I was five at the back. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake! Guys in the studio were saying, well, actually, it's going to be seven at the back, and I was expecting a miserable day, but it was positive. It was positive. They played it was on the an, front it foot was, a lot. It was it was a it was a positive shape. Yeah, they played on the front foot a lot, um, and players are going to come back to fitness. Look, Martial's close. He obviously got some minutes at the weekend. Uh, Pogba's surely coming back at some point. Uh, all of a sudden, that starting lineup stops to look like a League Cup lineup and starts to look like a Premier League lineup. It, the good news, the good news is, is that Matic isn't making that squad. Yeah, he isn't making that team. No. That's, that's encouraging. And he's made a point of that. 
Um, and clearly yeah. Matic is aware of it because he's obviously started to hawk himself on his own Twitter account because yep. uh, he's out of contract. I, this is it. Like You have to give credit where it's due. His hands are tied a bit. Um, yes, he did. He was obviously um, decided to get rid of Lukaku, hmm. uh, but I think he would have liked to got one in, and I think he wanted the Bala. I think he understood that he wanted a, a, a nine who basically can facilitate, hmm. or even a ten, so you can play Martial in the nine and have um, that attacking uh, midfield player. He just weren't able to get it across the line um, for one reason or another. Um, obviously, there was a whole load of hoo ha about image rights, which was causing a problem. I don't know if they'll revisit that. They may well do. You never know. I think what one thing's for sure is that January is going to be very interesting. Um, I think if we do nothing in January, the knives will be out. Yeah. For who? I don't know. It'll be difficult to get the players that you want because I think yeah. you're going to want But we Madison need something. And you're going to want to get... The Declan Rice rumours do not ease, mate. They never ease. Um I think that's I don't, I don't because want Declan Rice. I think it's because you haven't got really many midfielders. Um, We've got McTominay. He yep. basically is Declan Rice. That's an interesting point. Maybe it's something. What's that... the fucking point of having two youngsters in there? It's, it's, it's an interesting point. It's a very interesting point. Would Declan Rice get in the way of McTominay? When Paul Pogba stands there and moans at and like you know loses the ball again, is Declan Rice and McTominay going to have a go at him? We need someone senior in there, a professional who's going to come in and actually put some order in that midfield. Any suggestions? Fuck knows, mate. Get Vidal in or someone. Someone who's experienced. Vidal, yeah. You know? Oh, he's played with him. Yeah, he knows the guy. I don't know. I don't know. Who's your loser? Uh, racists. Uh, they, we had this situation, obviously, on, on, on Saturday in the FA Cup tie where some morons were racially abusing the goalkeeper um, in a fourth round uh, qualifying tie. This, this coming off of the racist situation that we had in Bulgaria, where basically the whole of England got on their high horse and said, look how racist Bulgaria is, without realising when you point the finger, there are three fingers pointing back at you. We have a problem in this country uh, that is institutionalised. It comes from our leaders. I already said this. We've got a racist prime minister. Uh, There's racism deep set within the Tory party. Um, Dude, you only have to read The Sun from 20 years ago to see how fucking bad it has been. You know, but the I mean, papers Man- pedal t- but pedal it as well. It's all Man- there. Manchester United have uh, banned a player, banned a fan for life pending an appeal for being racist towards Alexander Arnold at the weekend. Good. Chelsea you know? banned three fans, I think, um, for a situation that happened last year in the Europa League. So at least clubs are getting wise to it. Um, now I touched on it last week, obviously, um, about the situation with with Chelsea and Liverpool. Um, when we go back all those years with the John Terry situation, the Suarez situation, and interesting because Patrice Ever was in the studio, they did bring it up uh, with Jamie Carragher. Now Carragher, mm. Carragher seemed to suggest the t-shirts he didn't have any idea about. We'll take him at his word. I, I don't think he's going to sit there and lie. Um, it, it, and he obviously apologised. He said it was the wrong thing, and the club obviously should have basically taken a complete different stance. Um, does that make it any better? Absolutely not. And the thing is that Patrice Evra has been saying kind of what I feel that we've been trying to say is that, look, John Terry isn't necessarily a racist. What he said was racist. He needs educating on why that is racist. Mm. He's not had a good upbringing. He needed to be kind of taught, look, this is why what you said is racist. Same with Luis Suarez. Luis Suarez comes from um, a background, obviously, in Uruguay where there are certain things that are more acceptable to say. Um, and he obviously maybe didn't say it with the intent of it being something directly racist. I don't know. 
I, it did seem pretty horrible what he was trying to shout at, at Patrice Ever, but even Ever was like, I didn't want him to be banned. I wanted him to be educated on why that was. And this is what we said about Bernardo Silva. Yeah. The Bernardo Silva situation needed basically a manager coming out, accepting what he did was wrong. Not that it's a joke between friends, why is everyone overreacting? And it's a case of this is unacceptable. We understand this. We've spoken to Bernardo. And we're going to do, basically educate our players better on what is acceptable and what is not acceptable in these sort of things. It, it's, 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 I was a bit irked by how much the British media jumped on screaming at Bulgaria for being racist and, and just seemed to just completely forget the problems that we have in this country. And it came to light this weekend. In fact, I think there was, a, there was another situation in, in the, a Rangers game as well. Um, where one of the, I think it was Hearts fans, was screaming racist abuse at one of their players. You know, it's 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 there. It's so obviously there still. We need it's to do. Always, we need to do just, more. I mean, I agree with everything you've said, but I mean, going back, to, going on the media, it's just indicative of how they operate. Yeah, you know, it's just how they operate in every single fact of life, every single way of life. I mean, completely unrelated. But look how they treat Meghan Markle. For yeah, sake. exactly. Why do you think you she know? gets that, and why do you think that the other side doesn't? You know, it just, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just how it is. I mean, I was going to say Jurgen Klopp as my loser of the week because of his uh, oh, yeah. reaction. That's but fair. I, I'll, I'll go with yours, man. I'll agree with you. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I mean, ultimately, Klopp, I did have a bit of a nightmare, but I was, it's just, yeah, I, it's disgusting. Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad that team took the, 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 took the stance of walking off the pitch. So credit yeah, to too. them. Um, and Sterling congratulated them on Twitter about it. He's like, you know, this is exactly what we need to be done. It does. Like, well done. It does. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, good that, that that happened. But obviously terrible that it's still ongoing. And I, I believe that they have, I believe that they've made some arrests with regards mm. to it. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, things are carried out. Um, mm. And as I said, it's not necessarily just kind of fines and jail terms. Or I don't even know what kind of... Um, punishment there is it's education it's just yeah. education on this stuff and there is a case that, we, that people just don't recognize i think sometimes they do and this goes back to the case like i said with the thing with john terry and Luis suarez is that kind of like it made it okay that was yeah. the worst thing to come from it it's kind of like what these players said was okay and it wasn't it was never okay uh, but because the two two of the biggest clubs in this country took the stance of like defending these 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 two people for what they said it it kind of opened a can of worms. And I will go and say it. I, I, I do believe that the, the, this Brexit situation has also opened this can of worms. I, I think that we are now in a society... Bro, I, saw, I, saw, I saw a report on the news the other day that, where they talked about all the different types of hate crime that have increased year on year in this country. There's a reason for that. There is a reason. Because Brexit's opened the Pandora box to allow idiots to think that they can say what they want. And that's peddled by the way that that campaign was run, who is now our Prime Minister. And it will continue to go that way when our Prime Minister believes it's okay to come out and say the things he says without understanding uh, that his words have consequences. And the problem is, is that the two most powerful people in the world, arguably, I don't think we are a world power, but to me uh, and you, we live in this country, we've got, they're the most powerful people to us. Is, is Boris Johnson racist, Donald Trump racist, um, and we've got to put up with this shit, and no one's telling them otherwise. People try and they just basically ignore it. And it fucks me right off, to be honest. And, but dude, and the thing is, everyone ignores it to the point where, like, the law ignores it somehow. Yeah. You know, it's the only things. But anyway, look, this ain't a yeah, politics no, this is, of two halves. Yeah, we, this we is, uh, digressed. You know? <laughs> um, digressed, yeah. On that note, 
Let's wrap it up. Yes. I think we've been about an hour and a bit. We have been an hour and a bit. My throat is falling apart. Apologies, my friend. But We've got a special week, next week, right? Yeah, we've got a special. So next week, we do not have Mr. Collard again. He is still going to be in Slovenia looking for his, his, his lost heirlooms. We have a special guest. A special guest is joining the show. That's all I'm going to say for now. But next week's going to be a humdinger. Do not miss it. You can follow us on Twitter at pod 2 halves You can find us on iTunes at Spotify, pod 2 halves again, or any of your usual podcast listening app. I hope you enjoyed the show. From me, goodbye. Good night. Arrivederci. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.